my headphones, yo. Yo, 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 ha ha, yeah. You have now entered squared circle 101. You got your man, the Italian Stallion, a.k.a. Sonny L. Now with me is the straight Tay Diggs, but I want to give a shout out to my man, Firstborn. I didn't know that it was more than a nickname, but a golden light to have more kids than Sean Kemp and Antonio Cromartie. Shout out to you, man. Glad you wish you were here with us. Hit us up on Facebook.com forward slash Squared Circle 101 or on Instagram at Squared Circle 101, even on Gmail. Or talk a little smack on Twitter at Talking Smack 101. And don't forget, to, don't forget the app at all. It's available in iOS, Play Store. We got the KTFO section in there. We just added some more, one from this great weekend, and we are here to discuss the sweet science. Now let's give a shout out to my man, at, my man Lo, over at RCF CrossFit. These, they're all about wellness. You want to feel better, be better with the best. Three years running. If you're in Western Washington, especially King Five, Evening Magazine, my man Shooter does it. I know you've seen the, the Instagram little short. Get your dollars ready. It's the only place where you get a workout and a show. Check them out. Do the two week f- free trial. Do, do, just do it. Just do it. You know what I'm saying? You got to, man. Like, uh, been there for about three months now. I love it. Uh, I can't go a day without it, man. So, Monday through Friday, you can catch me there. And these guys actually know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. So, I don't see any injuries. That's what a lot of people have problems with. There's like, yo, they're here. It's dangerous or whatever. But no, that's not even the plan, no, no, man. No. The coaches there are great, man. And they, uh, they teach you and they walk you through, man. That's what the ground foundation classes are for. <laughs> exactly. And they, they make sure that you're ready before you even, before they put you in with the, with the big dogs, like my man Shooter right here. Before they get you in there barking, they're going to make sure that you're good, ready for it, and confident to do it. It's not like you you walk into LA Fitness and and, and half the guys that sign you you know, not only that, but half the guys that are there signing you up got a beer gut. You know, they got, they got a nice little beer gut. A lot of workers there got beer guts, man. <laughs> yeah. I never understood. Smoking cigarettes outside in front. Hey, you ready to sign up? Yeah, let me take let me let me toss this over here. Now I don't mind that if you're coming from the gym and you're smoking, because we know that you're there for your looks and not your health. So make sure you hit them up. Tell them we sent you to get the two-week free trial. Now that we're feeling good, let's feel a little bit better. So what do, what do we call this now? The keys to victory? The keys to victory. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a couple different ways with this. I need you to walk with me for a second, man, because I was actually uh so it has to deal with one of the things that I posted on our one of our pages and it was with Eddie Murphy talking. Mm. And then it was just about how, you know, most people have a plan B, you know, just in case their plan A don't work. And he was talking about how that sets you up for failure because you're always ready to go backwards and have something to fall back on. And then um yeah, I was uh, I was at Guitar Center. We're first born, picking up some more equipment uh, for the show, so we can make it sound better for you guys. Mm-hmm. And then it was when I was purchasing it, man. Like this bits and bits and pieces that we actually need. I I was thinking, I was like, yo, yo. It, even though we've been doing this for four, this is episode forty-five, man. We've been doing this for a while. We've been doing this for a while, so it's like we're really we're really doing this, man. We're really doing this, and so that's one of the things I was crazy for. And I was talking to my cousin. I was talking to my cousin JoJo about it. And then uh, he was telling me about this. I don't know what war it is. I don't know what what one of those Spartan 300, whatever, one of those kind of things, man. But he's talking about how one of the captains, once they got to the beach of where they were trying to raid or invade, they just burned the ships. Because he's like, we're either going to win or we're going to die. 
So it's like there's no there's no looking back, man. So that's that's how I feel about this show and what we're doing, man. It's either we're gonna win or we're gonna die doing it, man. So it's like it's, wow, I, I never felt so much pressure now. Yeah, yeah. no, but it's so off with their heads. Well, hey, but hey, but what are you here hey, for? What are you hey, here for? Because I'm a, I'm a freaking gladiator. I'm here to win or die. Hey, man, that's dead serious. It's like and that's kind of like the game that we're that's in, what man. I'm talking not, about, son. Uh, a lot of boxers don't have a plan B. That's the most focused I've ever been listening to you. Yeah, actually. Ever, without you, ever. Without you, without you interrupting, too. I thought about it, but you actually started saying something. And I was like, maybe I should listen. I told you to walk with me before we got there, man. So, but no. And instinctively, my first thought was just, um, uh, when when should I jump in? <laughs> no, but think of how many boxers don't have a plan B. Like this is all this is all there is. So they. Put I, we've plan. we've interviewed a couple of them. Yeah. Um, if if you go back to past past um podcasts, you know we we interviewed former world champions, mm-hmm. and we just went to the little local spot in Tacoma. It wasn't too glamorous. wasn't very as lavish as you expect. The, the baddest man on the planet at one point to have yeah and it's not they got to where they were because there was no plan b but they also had no backup investment at the same time no, but they would have never made it there if not i would they could <laughs> if, if i die alone you gotta think about it who what was it joe smith the construction worker still goes to work still goes to work but he won i mean those are very rare cases but mm-hmm. still he had to he he had that plan B but he had to be able to focus yeah. to win a world I think title. plan B was his boxing actually because <laughs> he was going to work every day you know supporting the fam do what you got to do but I like that win or die yeah. that's we're that's, either gonna win or we're gonna die that's Those right sir two options man because this is the sweet science big big fight weekend I don't know if we've had a big fight weekend you know like what, this I in a long like, time you know how, how I know that this is gonna be a great year for boxing period or it's been because we've said big big fight weekend multiple so times multiple times this year and it's only may now by the numbers this is by far the biggest and that's just by the amount of cards that that were scheduled and this is across the u.s because we're not even gonna be able to cover all the fights and keep it within your power hour of pure entertainment but we are still going to discuss the sweet science and let y'all know what's relevant and entertain you a little bit. The first thing I saw entertainment this weekend, if you go to facebook.com forward slash squared circle, you'll see the double knockdown. I posted this the morning of when it aired that night because it was in Thailand. Neither Thai fighters, Muay Thai fight, but go check it out. One of them was a former USC, UFC fighter. And uh, it was double knockdown, it, it was like a scene from Rocky Two without well, Rocky. Both, both of them struggling to get up though. Yeah, and only one made it. Only one made it. Though. The brother? The black guy. The black dude. I think he's actually French, so I don't think that counts. We'll take Tony Parker. We'll take him. We'll take all, we'll take uh, Boris Kojo. All those, man. Hey, black French. We'll take. They're ours. That's right. Hey, I'm pretty sure they said the same thing because as soon as they got over here to the U.S., oh, brother, you, you ain't French no more. You know but that that was very entertaining. That was one, of, and that's to start it off. And I posted that on our page. It's on there two times. I posted it last night, so you can go on there and see it. And also posted it the day of, and it was two days later when I actually saw it on. Sports Center. So I'm surprised in the world of internet how long it actually took to get to Sports Center. Maybe you're just better than what you thought. Ah, finally a compliment. Now let's talk about Diego De La Hoya, the Golden Boy's first cousin. Who do, who does not want to be known as the Golden Boy's first cousin? Well, it's kind of hard, kind of hard to be when you even when you're boxing every other round, they're looking into the they're looking into the crowd and featuring your big cousin, mm-hmm. who is I mean promoter also last name and you're under Golden Boy. What are what else you gonna expect? I understand you want to make a name for yourself, but with the last name De La Hoya, and then you go into professional boxing, take it. 
Yeah, see, that's... Don't disappoint. You know what the worst thing is? If, if that was my last name, I don't even got to be related to him. I'd be like, yeah, you know Oscar? Yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my cousin. Yeah, that's my you cousin's my boy. So. Credit for something that ain't yours. I, I love taking advantage of the situation by using the right words possible to get the job done. That's a salesman right there for you. And I, I like, Are you like going to take wording. it or not? I like the wording. I like the wording. That's right. Because that's what we are here to discuss and talk about. To show who's dominant over here. Run with us. Run from us. That's, that's the model. We win or we die. I like it because we are gladiators. Diego De La Hoya showed that he was there to win and he turned Eric Ruiz into a punching bag. At the end of the fight, you saw both fighters kind of standing there and there was really not much except that Diego De La Hoya proved he's exactly who he is. Before we get to the, well, I mean, we got, we dove into this fight. I just want to say how terrible ESPN is when it comes to boxing, man. And I, I've been waiting over about a week now to actually say this. Man. Yeah. As, as much as I go to sleep and I've woken up with ESPN, you guys are great with every single... You're great with soccer. You're great with hockey. You're great with basketball, football, blase. They even give... When it's UFC time, they even give that a little segment. They, But... The fact that you can't even get the names right, like I had to record women's soccer or baseball, or it was a college. It was college baseball, I think what it was. Yeah, in track, it was. I had to record two separate different channels for me to catch the boxing. They didn't even let us know to go over to the other channel. Right. So one, I was disappointed in that. Golden Boy should be heated about that. Oh yeah. So now baseball, I can understand, but you should start it from the beginning, right? If if it carries over, because sometimes you know baseball games will stretch a little longer, but. Not two channels. No, That's an inexcusable. No, but and then you have me. First of all, you have me go over to ESPN two, then go back to ESPN one. And you know what? I don't even care if this was if this was a huge fight. Oh, I'd have been livid. I'd have been pissed. But at the same time, we wouldn't be watching on. We wouldn't be watching it on ESPN if that was the case too. So. Uh, yeah, no, that's dead serious though. But like even that, and then it was round five when they showed the CompuBox punch stats. They had a Ruiz and De La Hoya. They had fifty nine and ninety nine thrown punches. 221 and 303 landed. You guys can't even get the damn CompuBox. You can't even get the the what, what the details on the main screen. Well, I mean, like, I don't like, I, I don't want to put what what. Well, Start off by having it on the wrong channel. Okay. Twice, twice under the same. Well, the, their head writer is like the LA Fitness salesman that I was talking about. I guess if you think about it. Are you are you throwing shots? It's a, it's a I guess a jab. A poke at the poke at the poke at the Pillsbury no, but stomach. It, but it's just like you. It's not like. I think I was more. Uh, I think I was more disrespected just because of how easily PBC has done everything and continues to do everything, mm-hmm. and how good matchups, yeah, yeah, smooth, great matchups, and they have it on the right channel. Even, look, ESPN is ESPN one, ESPN two. Yeah, you got all the yeah, you have all those. But even PBC, they they have FS one. They did have Spike, but they had like NBC. But the channels aren't wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's just like you had me jumping around a whole bunch just just for a fight well, that I. Yeah. Really and that was our segment on bashing ESPN. <laughs> now we're going to continue and move a little bit forward here. Let's talk about Diego De La Hoya. How you feel about him there, Carmen? Uh, he was sharp. <laughs> he threw a lot of combos. Um, he was letting his hands go. I was really impressed with that. But at the same time, he fought. Actually, he fought at Eric Ruiz, who was a patient. He uh, patient boxer went to the bodies. Not a slouch. Six, yeah, sixteen and six with uh, only six knockouts. Though he applied, he's never been knocked out. Still hasn't. <sighs> 
Still yeah, hasn't. But, um, Diego De La Hoya, I don't really have much to say him until he gets. He, I think he's. Yeah. They're ready to step him up. They have to. He has to have a higher range of caliber of fighters. Because this was too easy for him. When when you see it too easy, it's time to go to the next one. And if you want to base it on records, or you get a tested bet. You're you're 17 and 0 with nine knockouts, and then also you we just have who we're going to talk care take care of later. Toronto mm -hmm. Davis is 18 and 0 with 17. Same knockouts. division, 130. Same. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, so, well, no, Jaronte uh, Davis is a super featherweight. So, he's 130, uh, Diego De Hoya is featherweight, 126. Okay, so, so that, there's not room there. Yeah, he can be there. Big, but at the same time, it's, you're looking at somebody ooh. who's 22 years old. And there was and a couple other fighters that we saw this weekend in that same range from 126 to 130 besides Jaronte Davis. He's got some of the fastest hands on the planet, but we're going to get there soon. Don't you worry about that. Diego De La Hoya, shout out to you. Keeping Golden Boy fights alive. I'm, I'm, I still like that Oscar De La Hoya fought so hard to get this little spot on ESPN. Your matchups are getting better. Um, you know how to promote. This shows that Richard Schaefer did a lot as far as for matchmaking and the promotion. But you're getting better. And I do like it, so keep it up. Um, now, let's talk about the first PBC card. Because PBC actually probably owned two different cards this hey, weekend. PBC did their thing, man. They, the did, they did their, their thing. The whole fight card was gorgeous. And the thing is, you know what? Hold on. I know we're going to talk about David Benavidez. That's the one we're starting off with, right? Yep. So we're going to talk off with that one. But hold on. Give me a... Give me a quick second. So you hear the paper. I got this man an iPad. He refuses to use it. Nope. Nope. Old school, man. So. Unprofessional. Shut up. So, um, Austin Dulay and uh, Arturo Esquivel. The iPad doesn't have like a sticky screen. That's why you don't want to use it, right? Hey, shut up. Okay. Just shut up. So that was a good lightweight fight. And then also Jorge Laura and uh, Mario Briones. So if you guys, and that was a TKO in round three with that fight. So the, even the undercards for the PPC really hosted good. I almost did not even, I almost wasn't even going to watch them. The fact that they were getting, they were being taped. And I was just like, let me get through. Hello, how you doing? What's going on? How you doing? <laughs> Got people walking to the museum. It's okay. No, no, but that's one of the things. It's like I wasn't even going to – let me take notes just off of GP. And then they both ended up being two very entertaining fights, and I really dug that too. So PBC stays doing their thing, man. This conversation will be real short when I say – and I know people listening, we had someone enter the room, but I just want to say, damn. Yeah, she was real cute. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I didn't want to go deep into it, but yeah, that's all I wanted to say, my man. So, uh -huh. moving forward. Who wants to distract you? Well, it's okay. Now, let's get back to talking about men here. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst. The worst, right? That's the worst transition ever. <laughs> well, good thing only we can see what we see and the poetic beauty, possibly. But let's talk about David Benavides. If you don't know who I'm talking about, you know about the worldwide seven-punch combination. You have to have, because you see, now, that, that was on ESPN. We've posted it on. I posted Twitter. that. Also, uh, the day before that actually aired on hey, ESPN, also, hey, and that was shout out to my man Tim. Sent hey. me that early in the morning. Hey, so, well, you didn't get to see it. I think I, I, I saw it a day later because that was the first fight card that mm -hmm. I watched because there were so many fights to actually catch up on before yeah. we started recording. But even, the very uh, next morning, but even my trainer Lo, uh, Lo, the homie, he he said he had to watch it at least ten different times because he to said, count it. He said, well, he said it didn't look real. Yeah, I counted it five times. Probably I was like, there's no way that was seven that easy. Each one, there's no way each one landed. One, you know what? two, you know one thing three, I took notes on? four, was five, six, seven. Was, he did it a few times. It was a shoe shine, but shoe shine with power. I don't think I've ever really seen that. Like, Get your shine that? box. Hey, don't, don't Joe Pesci nobody in here, man. Don't, but like dead serious. <laughs> I, am, was, I, was, I am not going to Joe Pesci David Benavidez. <laughs> After I seen the power behind that and how flush each one landed. And shout out to Rogelio Medina. Hey, yo. 
Yo, he was Dad, this was a brutal war. Hey. He was pretty much losing this entire fight, but he was game the whole time. The fight was a lot closer than what I thought the commentators had it as to it. And I was like, are you guys watching this? First of all, I agree. We always we always talk about ring general shit. Mm -hmm. We always talk uh, Rogelio Medina, he always came forward. This dude was 37, 37 and 7 with 31 knockouts. He brought the noise. This is the guy who beat Jay Leon Love also. Hey. So this is hey. the guy who's no slouch. Uh, by any means. Action. He wants to move. He's... He took he took a lot of the he took a lot of the hits. So, I uh, defense. I think um I think David Benavidez. This kid's he's got his something. Demeanor. I think his demeanor is what caused a lot of fights. Because even when he was getting rocked, he never. What's really what's uh, Benavidez's ro uh, record? He's seventeen and zero with sixteen. Walking in, he was seventeen and zero with sixteen. This was this is the perfect example of when you want to get rounds with a tough opponent for your fighter to see what your fighter has. How is he gonna How is he gonna react under pressure? How is he gonna react when they don't stop? coming this was that perfect example where the matchup couldn't not have been any pop any better possibly at all because Medina got you rounds got you the good rounds you wanted so this is actually one of the things that I had written down to one of the two savages a great fight this is what all young fighters need mm -hmm. they need somebody that's gonna go in there and test them too because like there's gonna be in every fight you, you have your you have your beginning where they they feed you people that you can build up your resume against and then you have that breaking point where it's either you're either going to catapult into stardom or be a no name known or be a championship contender mm -hmm. or you're going to be a doorman so it's like with that guy better than right the tin there, man bet, no way better than way better man no but so but once they have that and you push them to that level of where they're going to be it's going to be something that could be potentially be special in the long run. Everybody needs to have this too, because this lets you know if this box. What does Sugar Ray Seal say? Boxing's for everybody, but everybody ain't not. for boxing. So nope. it's going to let you know is whether you're going to be real deal with this or you need a you need a plan B. If you want to know, just get punched in the face. That'll tell you. I'll let you know. That'll right let quick. you know real quick, because you'd be easy to be like, I'm good, or instinctively you will punch him back. Yeah, and especially in this, because you had to go to the amateur bouts and you go to the professional, so you're going to get punched in your face regardless. But at the same time, there's going to be somebody with that power and that relentlessness is going to come at you, and then you're really going to figure out if this is really meant for you. So shout out to David Benavidez. What weight division is he? Uh, super middleweight, 168, and this was a WBC Ooh. title eliminator. For what? WBC, you said? WBC, title Ooh, eliminator. Who is the current 168 WBC champion? Ha <laughs> ha, look, you know what? I'm actually kind of ready for this. <laughs> Uh, well, it's actually vacant, but that's why I said it was the eliminator. Ah. So you got um, the number one contender was a uh, Callum Smith, Kyum Smith. Oh, that so thing. Callum Smith and Anthony Durrell got a fight coming up for the title. Yes, sir. So Anthony Durrell was in there. So um, yeah, but got a lot of cats in that. You know, Chris Eubank Jr. So it's still wide open. It's still wide open. Vacant. That's the that's the money belt. So yeah. that's right. If you want to get to the to the top pound for pound, which is right now Andre Ward. You gotta go through 168. It's not too far for 175. So that's that's that, nobody, it's there. We'll we'll get to that one. We'll burn that bridge when it comes to it. But none of nobody wants those problems. Because mm, we have a countdown no, no, to talk about later. Have, we already have a countdown to talk that's about. Right. But nobody wants those problems with Andre Ward, especially at 168. Now let's talk about the tank, not Frank the Tank. Although Frank the Tank is an iconic figure in my life, I don't know about yours. Man. My life, especially. <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> you know, yeah. Maybe some Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Tank Smith is he? Who, Tank who's Smith. More, who's more exciting? Javante Davis. Young, you mean? 
Oh, oh, Javante Davis. What did I, what did I say? Tank. Tank Smith? Is that your no, rap name? No, I actually got a homeboy named Tank Smith. That, that's a pretty dope rap name. Yeah, so no, he, actually. He should start <laughs> rapping if not. Nah, he ain't a rapper, though. He's a pretty boy. Nah, but no, Javante Davis. Mr. Javante Earn that Davis. name. <laughs> Javante Davis. Who's more exciting than him at this age? He's 22, year, he's 22 years old. This was his first title defense after winning the IBF title. Where was his first title defense? In England. Yeah. In the UK. Now, if I win the title, my first thought is, I'm going well, home. I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm, I'm doing it at home. But instead, his handlers, hey, you know what? The next weekend, we're going to be there anyways. So let's just go ahead and do that for you. And Javante Davis's reaction was like, yeah, if, if you want to be the champion, it's you're in the ring. It doesn't matter where that ring is located. And he shown and proved that. Now, back, uh, we'll backpedal a little bit and talk about what we titled a past episode, Class Tells Over Time. Yeah. And we saw that within three rounds on this one. It was Liam Walsh. Game fighter. Walking, um, first of all, his music sucked walking into the ring. That's the first thing that I noticed about it. So I don't know what it is with these... Uh, these fighters across the pond, when they come in, they just have the worst rock. You got to give it to Anthony Joshua. You got to have your own DJ. You got to have three separate tracks, three separate genres. You got to have your little, you know, Anya, Anya, little, uh, little step. Oh, for, you know. I don't know. I don't know what the hell it was, but either way, I thought it was terrible walking into. But either way, Liam Walsh, 21-0, 14 knockouts. Uh, he started out really gun shy, and it's always one of those things. I think he. It, it was interesting to me because I thought Javante Davis was definitely ready for the moment, and he wasn't. And you know what? You said you you. I will give you credit for you actually said that time. That, well, well, no, I actually really can't give you credit because I don't know what you said. How so the hell I get was, a compliment and a diss in the same sentence? I'll give you a compliment, and then when you take it and you want it to be a compliment, then I don't like you anymore, and I'm not gonna I'm gonna continue to not. I'm gonna take your disrespect as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's one of those things with Javante Davis. You always was skeptical as like, how is he going to be under the bright lights? Mm -hmm. And he performed. He uh. He did more than perform. He exceeded expectations. He exceeded, yeah. So it's he walked in with a guy who had more, way more fights in him mm -hmm. in a hostile crowd. Came in and Michael Jackson beat it. Uh, you weren't even alive when you know, but, but still. I feel like that's too easy, but. He started out really crisp. And he's a great what and great hand speed. What if like all beef game. was handled like how they handled it in the music video beat it? There may be a good selection of people that have never seen this, you know, where you yeah. tie up at the wrist, pull out the switchblades, if you know what that is, and just so, handled I mean, it that if way. If you want to get off track, I'm way for that. So one of the okay. things watching the Michael Jackson beat it video I've always thought about is, why don't you just cut the other guy's wrist? Right. Ooh. <laughs> I, I went on Shoot a, him in the chin, right? I went on a Twitter rant the other day about how Ricky from Boys in the Hood deserved to be shot. I love that. That was that was the funniest. Look, look yeah. If you're, look, if you got guys yeah. driving around the hood looking to shoot and kill you, you're playing scratch. You're playing he scratch scratched. With your head down, you got to have your head on the swivel, especially in yeah, South, yeah, yeah. South Central. Yeah. So, you know, you disrespected the and, neighborhood at that point. And Harold uh, Letterman, be that as it may, <laughs> twenty-two years old. He's 22 years old, Jim. He's, he's 22 years old, Jim. No, I love Tank Smith. And then especially is like, I, I love Tank. I <laughs> it's love Javante Davis. Davis. I love Javante Davis. Sorry, Javante, your new name is Tank Smith, my bad. <laughs> I love Javante Davis, man. Uh, one of the things that gets me about him, too, is you don't really see... I mean, you got Badu Jack, and you have... Um, Who's the other guy out of the money team that uh, we we always discuss? Rancis, Rancis Bartholomew no, was one Rancis, of them. No, um, Rancis Bartholomew, the Doghouse Rules. 
uh, the doghouse rules was uh, Ishe Smith was Ishe who was Smith. calling out. Yeah. So Ishe Smith. So like even first though, Las like, Vegas Las Vegas born champion. You bring that up every time we bring up Ishe Smith. When man, you say his name, is I will every time. Look, man, you don't hear me bring up Pernell Whitaker every time we talk about boxing, do we? Uh, no. No, no. That's sweet. We, do, I, do I have to? Do I have to bring up uh, the clips every time we do? Do I have to bring up anything from Virginia every single time, man? No, no I don't, man. So we don't have to bring up Isay Smith every single time. Man. Firstborn Las Vegas champion. <laughs> <laughs> I see this line. I'm gonna turn that into a sound effect, and anytime his name pop up, it's just gonna play it until we get a second one. <laughs> well, well, and we got Jenna Jameson. Uh, Andre Agassi and Ishe Smith. I, Bryce Harper. Right. That's okay, it. That's Bryce, it. That's it. That's it. Because even the mobs is ain't from Vegas. TKO round three. Ooh, that hurt. Vicious man. This guy is really really nice. <laughs> what did the article say? He, he said. He said. He, it said. Bludgeon. <laughs> it said. Javante Davis bludgeon bludgeonly beats Liam Walsh. Bludgeonly is only or bludgeoned is only used. It's a medieval term. It's a medieval term. Mm -hmm. So between he was bludgeoned to death, sir. Between that and then it's also meant to describe a violent crime. It was pretty violent. It was pretty violent because that was bad. He was on his way down and hit him like two times, and the second, the last one that knocked him down was the ref was just like, That's it. "Yeah, we're not getting up." That's it. He told you, look at him like you're not getting up. Yeah. I always look at um, always look at a fighter's demeanor mm -hmm. after body language, body language, especially when it's a TKO because it's sometimes on that on that fine line whether they're gonna be able to continue and they're upset, but that bludgeon. He was like, yeah, I'll take this. I, it was not going to change. So, like, the fact that the fighter, Liam Walsh, he, he was okay with it being called off, he knew that there was – he was prolonging the inevitable. Yeah, he, he didn't – you see a lot of stoppage, and with yeah. the, even when the dude's clearly out of it, and he's yeah. still like, "Oh, come on!" Yeah, uh, he's like, come on I can still go. It's like, bro, you know, where are we? Well, <laughs> what would you rather do? You'd rather take that, or you would you rather take a Ten Man of the Year award? So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, that's it's, right. It's, I don't want no tomato can. Yeah, hey, I'll send it. I'll send, we'll send it to anybody. Everybody can get. I'm it. I'm loving the feedback on that, the Ten Man award, and I can't wait till it goes live. Because there's going to be somebody next year that is going to receive this reward. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to, to spend the money out of my own pocket and get the mailer and send it all, to all, all 68 his cent, camp. All 68 cents of that tomato can that's uh, the, that you're going to probably eat before you send it out to him. Well, Don't we, even clean we, it out. We do use tomato soup. No, we're, we're going to turn it into a trophy. We'll clean it out <laughs> and we'll bronze it or something. You know, we'll, we'll copper it. We won't bronze it. We'll copper it. So whatever's cheaper, we'll figure it out. Now, let's talk about this fight that really had me upset because this is a whole new card we're going to go into. And this is the Showtime card that um, that we're still in, actually, because it started off with the Javante Davis one. With this guy, Rancis Bartholomew versus Kyriel Relic. Yep. And so Rancis Bartholomew came in 26-0 uh, with 13 knockouts. This is 140 super lightweight versus Kyriel Relic. Now, if you guys... I had a lot of problems about this fight. Now, Kirill Relic, we actually covered earlier because it was a controversial loss versus him and Ricky Burns. So it was the unanimous decision uh -huh. that that was a closer fight than it, than it was supposed to be. You said controversial loss, right? Yeah. Now, this was... This is a felony. This should be a felony. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that because the Cuban looks like the stereotypical... American that might be charged or accused of this of this type of crime, but your this racism, was your a racism never ceases to amaze. That's what I'm here for, baby. But this was a robbery of the highest power. The three judges 
should be arrested and as an accessory should be Rancis Bartholomew. Should be an accessory to the crime. Not as get as much time as these judges because this was horrible. And at least I would feel better if somehow the word on the street was the money team made that happen because this was a horrible decision. Rancis Bartholomew got knocked down. So Rancis Bartholomew, he had fast hands. His counter started off with uh, three and four shots. Uh, Kirill Relic, he tried to establish his power. Uh, he needed to be more aggressive. He, But then he started to dictate the pace. Um, they counted the knockdown, uh, counted the knockdown round five after getting rocked. Mm-hmm. But then he was hurt pretty bad. He tried. He did. He did well as far as throwing some punches to make sure the judges know that he's still in it. But uh, yeah, Rancis Bartholomew stopped throwing multiple shots. Uh, he did get a knockdown by a body shot in round eight, and then about around eleven is when he started throwing again. But uh, Kirill Relic, I just thought he outworked him. He was. Waiting. I thought he was going to punch himself out the way he looked by the fourth round. And then he knocked him down in the fifth round. I was surprised on that one, and and he held his composure pretty well and relentless. Twitter poll had it at 62% career relic winning. Yeah. And even though we know fans... Everybody knows Eric, the truth it, always comes out on Twitter, right? It's, it's always real. But I'm just saying, this, I'm just, is one of those, yeah. but this is one of the rare times... Be that, that actually, as it may. Be that as it may. These are one of the rare times we actually do agree with uh, what most of the fans said. And, you know, a robbery <laughs> is... It can be a close fight, like especially when you have a draw. But look, we got 116-110, How the hell did you get that? I don't even know, but now there I have it. I have uh, I have a hypothesis on this, and I think it was spell that. Spell that. Oh, I got this one. H y p o t h e s i s. Thank you. Uh, sorry, you know apostrophe s. Yes. You know what? Hypothesis. And he got, and I'm actually live here because if I if I didn't see you spell that, I would think. You now these are my notes from when I was watching the fight here. Just look, read the very last two lines there, on what I put, what I thought the decision might be. Wouldn't be surprised for a draw or a robbery. I think Kareel won by two. You were right. Yep. I, was, I, I, I thought it was going to be a draw. I didn't think they would straight rob this man because... But I think his body language overall, because he showed more frustration, and I think that it was because he couldn't knock him out. And I think when your body language gives off that frustration and you're there watching it, feeling the adrenaline, you're feeling the hype, you're feeling the lights, you're feeling, you're feeling the cameras on the fighter. You're feeling every single thing. When I watch fights live... I've, I've watched a live that's been aired on TV, and you can feel all that energy. And the minute you have negative body language coming out, that's gonna that's gonna transfer. That's gonna be out in the air. Well, that that's gonna be part of it. But at the same time, is you literally just got, came off a fight where you got robbed, and this one is still pretty close. And then when you come out, that kind of leaves a bad taste in your yeah. mouth. So you never know how this is gonna be. Exactly. Safe. So it's not just his body language. Where like if he would have won his last fight, then his body language would probably mm-hmm. been a little bit different. You would have had higher hopes, and it's like oh. But then when you're coming off that, you're like. Hey, yo, I don't know how this is going to turn yeah, out. Yeah, this is because even this is even, bad for boxing overall. After, after he was robbed, he he didn't even look surprised. Mm-hmm. Like he was just like, "Here we go again," kind of type of thing, man. So, I'm just glad that his first controversial loss was in Scotland, not in America. Um, but why is that? It is, it is bad stigma, but for Kirill Relic, if it, there's anything he needs to know, it's the same thing Lucas Matisse learned. After his two losses, one to Zab Judah and to Devin Alexander, was that I guess I'm gonna have to start knocking everybody out to win. And you can't sometimes you can't rob a KO except for Vander Holyfield. 
Yeah, but um, but that's one you can't. Don't leave it into the judge's hands at all. Sometimes at all. it never has to get there, especially if you're 21. You walked in 21 and one with 19 KOs. You had the power. Now our last show we talked about. You know. <laughs> You say boxing's dead. If you think boxing's dead, you don't know. Quote by your boy. Yeah. But this definitely hurt it, seeing robberies like this, because now we're at a moment where the eye is back on boxing because of the great heavyweight matchup, thanks to the Klitsch- Klitschko and Anthony Joshua, created this new energy. The hype around Chavez and Canelo kept the energy going, even though the fight was a little disappointing to some. Two, two things. One, just I'm sorry to jump in here, but uh, no, you're not. this was uh, for mandatory for the IBF for with Julius Andongo. Andongo. Andongo better take that fight before he, he uh, tries to unify with uh, Terrence Crawford because none of those three fighters can handle T-Bud, and we're going to get into him in a little bit later. Oh, also, uh, covering that boxing is dead. Um, you know who I... You know, somebody I respected who said that boxing is dead and it's on his last leg, and I actually heard it this morning. kind of pissed me off. <laughs> I <laughs> Michael Rappaport. Mm. I'm gonna call him Remy for now, just because our generation. That's how yeah, we know our yeah. generation, man. Look it up. Higher learning, Remy. But Michael Rappaport, he he was on Sports Center. Big boxing fan too. He had a, he had a big, he did, he did a, a episode on his podcast uh, for the 45th anniversary for Raging Bull. He had everybody on the show from uh, Martin Scorsese to Max Kellerman, Robert De Niro interview. It was a great episode. So I'm surprised that he would say that. It's it's one of those being a New Yorker. It's one of those you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You only if you're only paying attention to what's on pay per view and what ESPN tells you is going to be a good fight. Honestly, it's the, not an accident the that PBC on FS1 was the best fight card all around. Oh, oh yeah, hands down, hands and that down. Was, and that, but that wasn't that wasn't on a premiere. That wasn't HBO. That wasn't Showtime. This is that just like FS1. just like when we when we took the homies to to go watch the Battle of the Boat, and they're like, I, I thought I used to think boxing was boring. It's, it's, it's different. It, 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 when you go watch the fights live, up and comers, those fights are always better because always. you're fighting to establish they're, they're fighting and create pride. a career. They're, they're, they're fighting for pride. They're not fighting they're for not survival. Fighting. Yeah, for survival, and then all. Or maintaining, yeah, yeah. Maintain, but then there's stigma too, because like you don't take as many chances when you have a status. Hey, I can't get knocked out. Hey, I can't take these kind of chances. So, you know, that's the reason why you have the Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman fight. That was supposed to be way more of a brawl than it ended up being. It was, it was a little bit less than a boxing match. It was a pure boxing match, but I thought they were going to bring more. So, one time just got his surgery on his elbow. Yeah, he said that was bothering him during the fight. So I wouldn't be surprised if halfway through it, when he started to box more and not brawl, um, one, I think that was genius because he made Danny Garcia chase him the rest of the fight. Yeah. And also it could be a chance that that's why it went that way. But I still thought that was a great fight. Now, I want to talk about something here real quick before we go into the next one. I want to talk about the Harlem Hammer. If you don't know who this is, I'm going to, I'm going to, when you, by the time you hear, you go to facebook.com forward slash squared circle 101 and it will be on there. I might even put this. I might say we put this in the KTFO section because it is a KTFO, but it's it's unfortunate to watch. So the Harlem Hammer, he knocked out a guy named Richard Grant after the fight because the judges read the scorecards and he lost a close, controversial decision. Richard Grant walked up to him to shake his hand and got knocked out by this dude bare knuckled. Live TV. This is 2009, and it, it got and everybody's going off. It, it was assaulted. The crowd started chanting, "Lock him up." 
Um, and he got locked up. He eventually got out, and he had further psychological problems. You'll, you'll find his name even tied to the Kellermans. We're not even going to go too deep into that part. But no, you know what? You know what? No, go into that. Oh, Max Kellerman and his brother, if you didn't know. No, he, no tell, don't, don't, don't shortchange it, man. That's a good story to hear. And especially if you're, for anybody who's listening to this. I'll give you the shortened version of it. Give him the version, period. What, what you got supposed to do? Uh, but this is your power hour of pure entertainment. Yeah, we only have limited we, time. We got, we, got, we got a little bit of time to discuss it. Go ahead. We're not even halfway you, through the list, baby. Well, all right. Well, well, let's, let's give him the short version then. Max Kellerman has a brother who was once also a writer and analyst for ESPN. Um, the Harlem Hammer gets out doing four years out of jail. He takes him in because the Kellermans are an established family in uh, in New York. He takes him in, gives him a place to stay, takes care of him. Whatever psychological issues this brother still had, he battled with addiction and demons. He ended up killing Max Kellerman's brother, and he's doing life prison for it. Um, and that's just how that that's how that tragic story ended. Especially when you're trying to help somebody out. But you guys know who Max Kellerman is. He's one of the he's a mm-hmm. newest white guy who I love dearly. Actually, he's a, he's definitely he's a, he's a live boxing historian. Yeah, that's for sure. He, he really is too. Um, but he's on ESPN First Take. You catch him every morning. HBO Boxing. Yeah, HBO Boxing, which is still my favorite to watch. And I need that core group to stay with. Him it, it's it's, beca- it's because him and it's him, him and Lampley are really good commentators, and Showtime just has Polly. Yeah. You know. The two kings of sneak dissing is Jim Lampley and Jeffrey from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. There is nobody who has <laughs> there is nobody who throws more subtle shots period oh, overall than Jeffrey from Fresh Prince and Max Kel- That's and right. uh, Jim Lampley. But unfortunately we had another staple in stain on boxing. It, Which was it's actually the best punch of the weekend. Yes. So let's get, let's, let's get well, into the fight. Yeah, single punch, we'll let's go get, with that let's one. Get, let's get to the fight. But Andre Durrell versus Jose Uskazagi. Uskazagi. This was a fight that I thought Andre Durrell was losing before it ended. Um, and he It was a super middleweight for the mandatory challenger for James DeGaulle. Now, he still got KTFO'd, but that punch landed after the bell. When, when I first saw it, my initial reaction was it was the heat of the moment. That combo was coming regardless. But then I watched it a second time, not as a fan, and I, I think... Now I believe it was intentional. Ha ha. Aha. So check this out. Aha. So let me see where is it. Got let me see laugh, here. Man. Let me get here. Late punch in round two. Yep. I saw it. And then it didn't land, but another rate late punch in round six. Yep. So you had two rounds before hmm. where you threw late punches. And those were blatant. I've always heard if it looked like a duck and walked like a tuck, it's probably a duck. Right. <laughs> Walk like a tuck. I heard you. Oh, sorry. I, I heard your jokes. I heard, you, <laughs> I heard, I heard your, jokes. your jokes. No. So you got three instances, well, two instances before you actually hit him after the bell where one landed and one didn't. So you already established a pattern right there. Now, at the end of the fight, Andre Durrell said he did not hear the bell. Now, let's talk about the fight itself. If even without the, the the punches after the bell, I thought they both fought beautifully. I thought it was. I thought it could have been one of the best fights. I'm starting to believe though like that, that Andre Durrell is not as good as we believe. It's because if that he, makes I th- sense. you think it's because he moved up to super middleweight. He's always been super middleweight. That's what he fought at when he was in Super Six tournament, which he happened to get knocked out on a disqualification because he slipped and the dude punched him when he was on the ground. And well, I'm thinking about the Charlo brothers who just moved up. The Charlo. The Charlo. Only one of them no, did. No, but no. Darrell, I felt bad that this is the second time that something like this happened to him, and I felt bad about the incident after 
because Andre Durrell, even in the post-fight interview, he talked about, he's like, I've never seen anybody... I'm, I'm shocked that the, that the brother was so professional and didn't complain. He showed no ill will towards it's, him. It's all in the game, man. Sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta take the L. You gotta take your losses with your wins, man. So not everything is gonna. Yeah. Be, you're, you're fighting. I, I understand, you're, but you're fighting. But it, you're fighting. If you're located on the corner of South Central and this is your core street corner where you're selling, and 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 other rival gang members come by, do a drive by and shoot you, you're not gonna fall to the ground like, oh, it's all in the game, brother. No, no, no. You're not gonna be. You're gonna be upset about this, but uh, at the same time, at same time, you're yeah. gonna expect something like that to happen. If you're on the corner, you're so the guy driving off who pulled the trigger was like. I'll take the W's when I get him. Hey, <laughs> hey, real talk, he's like, hey, he's either going to leave or he's going to come back at That's you. right. So, hey, Carver comes. Carver comes full circle. That's right. But it's funny that you say Andre Durrell wasn't as good as we thought he was because... And Liz, I want to say, too, that wasn't the KTFO of the night either. You no. Know, one of my notes that I had with Andre Durrell, uh, his timing was getting better round five, but he did not look good. He is... He, it was it was a different Andre Durrell than what I've really seen, and I don't know if it's because of Usk. Us, I, I think a part of it. I think he's. I think it's it's possible for fighters to become gun shy. It's possible for fighters to be so aggressive, so smart, or have so much confidence in their skill and ability because it's been so easy that as time prolongs and occurs, and then eventually catches up, you're gonna start to hesitate a little bit. You know, and especially when you Usagi uh, twenty six and one with twenty two knockouts. So this guy has power. Um, he started putting together a better plan and started coming through round seven through round eight. Uh, but the late hit that uh, DQ'd the squad. So one of the things that was I, a clean hook. Too. It was a clean hook too. He felt but, he was done, bro. But you know, what was he felt face first. Yeah. You know what's actually crazy about that? Where I think the breath messed up at. The ref went to Andre Durrell when he was on the ground and said, hey. Can you I'm continue? No, no. He said, I'm going to disqualify him. And then so instead of just say, seeing if he was going to get up or not, because if you say you're going to disqualify him, why should you get up? Especially you the, should, that you were, the first thing he should have did was tell him to stay down and go straight to the straight to the judges and let him know this fight is over. See if No, see if he can get up and continue. Because if you tell me you're winning, I'm, I'm, I understand. I'm with it. See, yeah. I, I'm with you see, on that one. But yeah, no, see where there's, there's, a, there's look, a lot of things wrong with this. But still, all, I'm with you. First of all, you're set up to if you're so Andre Durrell right now. He's set up to fight uh, James DeGaulle. Again, a rematch. Who, who he's lost to already, which is we'll probably lose to again. Which you'll lose to again. You're still even if you lost to him again, you're still going to take the match again. Mm -hmm. But if right. I got to go through this guy, someone's got to help Flint Michigan, man. Come on, listen, listen. He could have. I mean, let him get up Flint, Michigan got two sources of income, and it's both Darrell brothers. So let it, no, hold on, Clarissa Shields, man. She, oh yeah, she's coming through. That's right, that's right. And we have like a couple rap groups from the '90s, like the you know Dayton family and Top Authority. If they're still rapping, I doubt it. But maybe the Detroit Pistons are still there. I don't know. They haven't really. <laughs> the Tropics. The, 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 the Flint, the Flint, the Flint Tropics. No, but but you kind of but you do see do you understand what mm -hmm. I'm saying though? But it's just like why oh. why should I get up? Why should I get up? And f continue this fight. If Flint Tropics, Will Ferrell, best white dude ever in a fro. Bob Ross. Ooh, that's a good one. That's <laughs> and that's off the top of the dome that's too. That's a good one. I like you, that. You name me a white guy with a better throw than Bob Ross. I can't. That, that, no, you got me. You got me. I'll give you that W. His voice is soothing. Soothing, baby. Can't find me sexy. <laughs> but Andre Durrell, after the fight, the brother walked up to the corner. Like it was cool. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? Oh, I understand. Oh, I understand. Yeah, and then he stepped back. The wind up had the, cl the cleanest hook. This I should have been seen. a world star knockout, right? Hey, world star. But now, granted, the man receiving the punch was a 
professional boxer who just got done getting punched in the face. Yeah, he took it like a champ. And he put his hands up right away and looked and smiled at him like, oh, you just hit me. Did we put, did we put that up? Uh, yes, we did. Okay. It, uh, we'll, we'll post it again just because we'll po- okay, it's so pretty entertaining guys, to watch. If you guys are just now listening, you've had it's it's been a few days now. You've had to have seen it. Though. You had to have seen but, it. It's uh, been on Andre every Gil- media outlet out Andre there. Andre, that's assault. That, we'll it's assault. About, we've talked about this before. So he, WBC has, has suspended him from any and all boxing related. So if it's a WBC sanctioned event, he, he cannot walk it. into the building. He cannot be around it. He can only watch it from the motel room. Resto. Resto, he's Panama, Panama Lewis, and this is this is bad for Andre Durrell because he's like, yo, this is my family. This is part of his training camp. Yeah, him and his brother's training camp. So their entire life of boxing and their professional career, as they know it, they just lost a figure in there, and he needs to think about what he's done because loyalty. I have it written down the word loyalty for that reason because loyalty doesn't mean really. Really penis to uh, corporate America. I'll try to clean it up a little bit, but it means nothing to them. It means something to me and you. Yeah. It means something to uh, the, the cats from the neighborhood. It means something to a, your coworkers. But honor amongst thieves. It's it, like a, it, is, it is. It is. And and there's a certain point when you got to know when your loyalty needs to stay within a certain parameter of where it belongs. He can still go to training camp. Hey. He just can't yeah. be in the ring. For Andre Durrell to show concern about that, that means he offers more than just the mitts. He's not just holding the mitts. He has a he has a, a professional that's insight. That's family. Exactly. And 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 he, this guy who loves boxing as much as he loves his nephews, apparently, you just made it worse for them. You just put them in a weird position. Now they're gonna have to. St- I bet you right now he's second guessing his whole camp. How are they gonna hold themselves? Hey, everybody got that one friend you don't want to invite to the party. Because like. Just one. Yeah, we can invite him, man, but you know what? What's going to happen? He's going to come empty-handed. He's going to start spilling stuff. He's going to drink all your Hennessy, and we're going to have nothing. We ain't be able to come back. I was at work the other day doing security, and then um, I got one of the homies. He's, I'm not going to call just a quake. He's a, he's a homie, so we always show love whenever I see him. It is, but he started to have one too many, and it's just like, man... And then we was talking to my other homeboys, just like, you know how he gets. I'm like, hey, man, you, you can't. You got to go. Even though, even though he's a homie, I still got to kind of watch how I handle him because mm-hmm. somebody, because he's, he's 730. He's crazy. He's off. He, he's, <laughs> just, I just take it back. You did. I've heard that in years. Seven, okay. Well, for y'all don't know, no. Oh, and this man is time. also wanted in D.C. now for assault. Yeah, he is. Because he actually, I don't know how he slipped out of the arena. But he got out of the arena. Hey, he's a brother. He's you know. wanted right now, too. Yeah, so, hey. Any information on him, don't call us because we're not going to tell you. We're not going to tell you where he's at. But if he's smart, if he's a smart man, he just won't go back to D.C. And luckily, he's in a sport like boxing where his income comes from the family. Now, let's talk about the K- KTFO of the night. Now, I thought it might have been what Andre Durrell received. I thought it might have been, it should have been, the world star punch that... Mr. whatever, uh, what was his name, something Lawson threw, the uncle of uh, Mr. Durrell. But it came from a veteran, a 45-year-old fighter by the name of Raimundo Beltran. And you've probably heard of him. Wait, I'm sorry, I skipped over one. Well. I want to I, I talk about Gary Russell Jr. real quick, actually. Well, you can't talk about, you can't. All right, we'll, we'll talk about. You can't talk about him real quick. No, nah, we'll talk about, let's talk so about this HBO card. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? I already brought up Beltran and his okay. KTFO. Because this is the HBO card, and we'll go back to Showtime real quick for, uh, not real quick, but for Gary Russell Jr., but Raimundo Beltran, this was a man, talk about, 
that you, the gladiators fought for their life. I'm gonna tell you what fight you saw. I'm gonna tell you exactly what fight you saw. So Ray Beltran came in 32 uh, and seven with 20 knockouts versus uh, Jonathan Marcelo, the model in Peru. Model in Peru. Yeah. Well. Oh, his facing so is pretty now. Uh, was lightweight, and the one thing I liked about this guy, uh, Ray Beltran, they discovered he was—he's fighting for a green card because he's looking at what getting shipped out or what, what do you call that? Deported. Deported. Yeah, that's that's real. It's not a, like he's a shooter or anything. <laughs> first, like that. that's the first word Mexicans learn in English. <laughs> that's bad. I know that's horrible. But so, Raymundo Beltran, longtime sparring partner for Manny Pacquiao. They were saying, yeah, he—they were saying that. In order for you to stay in this country, you have to be prominent at something. So you have to be special skills, yeah, professional athlete, art, like that, yeah. art, something like that. You have to be something prominent. Some kind so of performing this art. This one is setting him up for a title shot, and then, so I'm actually glad that he won this. Now the but, first knockdown came from a headbutt. Yes, which was called, and then he actually got a knockdown, which wasn't called. It was mm-hmm. crazy though. But here, check uh, this that out. one was a little after the bell though. Check this out. So uh, Jonathan Mastiello, he's quick. He moved really well. He moved really well. But this was nothing that Ray Beltran hasn't seen in sparring. He he lost to Terrence Crawford. Yeah. When you fight Terrence Crawford, this well, is... I'm just talking about speed and quickness, yeah. too. If you're sparring Manny Pacquiao, you're already used to that. Mm-hmm. But he didn't, the funny thing about that is, one, he didn't panic. And before it happened, before it happened, I wrote this down looking for timing mm. and then as soon as he caught him with that left hook mm. it reminded me of Pacquiao Marquez mm-hmm. it just reminded me because he was just like okay I just I'm looking for it I'm just waiting for my I, shot I just want to talk to you he didn't panic. I just want to talk to you I just want to talk to you get over here Come and then, I just want to talk to you and then clean his clock and that was it and then he was then he was done yeah now this was Round a two. bad KTFO too because his jaw was crooked his arm was up they had him on the stretcher before he woke. They had before he woke up, and then he woke up in a panic trying to get up because he didn't know what was going on. He was out. I thought, I don't know, between him and uh, Curtis Stevens, yeah. they were out for a long time. That was a power. That landed flush. He, would, he he waited for that one punch. He was waiting for one. So one now particular. let's talk about KTFO of the year. When we judge KTFO of the year, how are we going to judge this? Are we going to judge this by form? The power behind the punch, how it landed, the look on their face when they landed after the punch. <laughs> Talk about the guy who got KTFO'd. How they landed? Like I think all of it takes it into. I think because the whole Curtis Stevens dropped, his knees buckled. He didn't go backwards, forward. He fell straight down. Look, gravity pulled him down. Everything is. Good. Jonathan Masilo flew backwards. He flew backwards, bounced like two. He skipped like a rock on a puddle, like. So, it, to me, it's going to be everything. It's going to be the connection, how they fall. If Mikey Garcia if took time, pistol, aimed. He, 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 he painted a picture before he... Yeah. Before he, he, he had a smile on his face like, oh, when this lands, <laughs> when this lands, so this is going to be it. Mikey Garcia, he lined him up just like Holly Holm did Ronda mm-hmm. Rousey. He was just like, here, I want to hit you right over here. She turned her... She <laughs> literally turned you right around and look... This is how you're going down. This is how you're going to get knocked out. So it, it's going to be all those factors. And then I don't have the list with me of all the KTFOs that we have for the year. But, of course, it's only May. Wait, wait. Where can you find these KTFOs? You can find them in the Square Circle app for your iOS or your Android Play, Play Store. Store. All that kind of stuff like that. Check it out. Make sure you download the app. We have exclusive content in there. The KTFO section. Your recent bouts, full fights, and highlights. And you also have a, a selection where you can get exclusive access to us. 
and that's Squared Circle 101. Friends, let everybody know because Tell the thing about is, it. is... And if, if you don't like us, if you're one and done... Give me some feedback. Let me know why. Let me know why. Is it because if it's because if it's because shooter didn't call you back? Even tell me that. Even tell me that as well. Now, what were you gonna say? No, no, I was just saying, man. First of all, you gotta like us. You, you got can't, to. You can't. You, you can't. Quit us. No, you can't. You can't. You but can. At the same time, but at the same you time, you can fight it, but it's yes. gonna happen. <laughs> I think the app is one of those underestimated things that you guys have at your disposal because there's nothing out there like that. I forget about it sometimes. Dead serious, right? though. But at the same time, when it comes back to it, it is the drawing board. Now let's talk about the most disappointing person to me in boxing right now is gonna be Gary Russell Jr. Why is he disappointing to you? Because I've been following this man's career since he hit the scene about five, six years years ago mm-hmm. some of the fastest hands on the planet yes some of the fastest hands on the planet muhammad ali they're like they say you're fast how fast he's like oh, you want to see it again this is that's how this boy's hand speed is yeah his only real top tier opposition he got handled by lomachenko which a lot of people will exactly oscar escondone is someone who will get you rounds they showed a little excerpt of uh you know a, a Gary Russell Jr. watching uh, Leo Santa Cruz and Carl Frampton said, I don't care which one I want, I'll knock him out. Well, guess what? You didn't fight either one of them, did you? At, at all, at all. You know, I didn't hear I you being vocal about it either. Well, yeah, he was vocal on about it for, on the first Leo Santa Cruz and um, Carl Frampton fight. And when they when they were up there talking, because he was up there with Lee Selby, mm-hmm. Lee Selby, I think, at the same time. And I need some, on, I need some online beef. Uh, I need some internet tweets. Seen, I need some. This man. Okay. I, around set. What about the Tevin? Tevin Farmer called out Devontae Davis. Okay, understandable. A lot of people do not want to fight this guy. I don't. Hey, of course you. I'm don't. talk smack from here, Look, but I don't. A lot of people don't want to fight this guy, so I don't even think it's all him. You got a lot of people. That, you got Oscar Valdez. You still got Look, uh, Leo Santa Cruz. You I, if you're a man, pride will eventually kick in, and you'll walk in and get your butt whooped. Not like nowadays, Gary Russell keeps no, talking. No, no, to, no, if he keeps talking to me, I will take the L to get one punch. Now, if I don't get that one punch, I'm going out like a man. Look, we're in a different generation, man. Me and you, we're different from a lot of these kids out there. So the pride Soft. does not kick in with a lot of these kids, man. They'll be like, "Hey, no, I'm fine being over here." So like, that's why that's pride. That's a that's like lion's here. lion king, right? That, that's the reason why you don't hear a lot of unification because mm-hmm. once they get their little part, they're like, "Okay, I'm fine. I want to hit this." No, pride is I want to show everybody that I'm the baddest man on the planet in this weight class. And that's what—that's the reason why I love Terrence Crawford and what he's trying. Now to do. I will give Gary Russell Jr. some props because his left hook—I forgot about it—and it looked good. I think it was his left hook. I think it was his uppercut. His uppercut that looked good too. But his hand speed—we saw the level of class instantly from the fight. And and you can't go wrong when you get a Mexican opponent, especially if they're ranked as far as for what they're going to do or bring to the table. And they, if there's someone who just walks forward against... Uh, 25 and 7 with 17 knockouts is what he was walking in at. Like that, that's that's the great white high type record. And then and so and he just came off a win versus Robertson Castellanos, who we just went over, who just... Who I who I thanks a lot. Who, and, and, and who's, who's inspired, a, who's inspired the, tin the Tin Man, man Award. Versus Yoriokas Gamboa, who made him quit on the stool, which I was actually just discussing that fight this morning too about it though so so gary russell jr 126 pounds this is where he's at right now what's his record he's 28 and 1 28 with, with 17 knocks with, only with one loss to, to lomachenko which is going to be one of the best one of the best right there, yeah. out there right now if you were terrence if i'm sorry if you were gary russell right now who would you want to face to be honest with you who would i want to face I would probably want to face Oscar Valdez just because he's a young fighter. Mm. He 
you know, he's he's going to be more aggressive. He's going to be, hey, I can beat him. He's going to be tailor-made so for him. He's He would be. He would be. He would be and then we would find out how smart Oscar Valdez is in the ring. Because, like, because Leo Santa Cruz showed how smart he was with his rematch with Carl Frampton. Exactly. Carl Frampton would give him trouble. That's a pick-up fight. Either one of those two fighters is who I would love to see him fight. Um, I'm... I'm still a little upset at Leo Santa Cruz, anyways, for not for 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 the Abner Mars rematch and not. not but, the trilogy. Yeah, but we're not when I we're talking about Gary Russell Jr. and I want to see him fight more than once a year. Also, I want a second fight this year. If not, he's gonna be, he's gonna remain the biggest disappointment to boxing to me. Now, he's gonna have to move up. My favorite fighter, or in my top five favorite active fighters, is my man T Bud, Terence Crawford. I'm going to let you start, and then I'm going to probably cut you off a little bit on how I want this fight to go. Well, go ahead. I disagree with some of the judging. I gave round two to Felix Diaz, and that's really about it. I thought Felix Diaz was probably the best competition Terrence Crawford's fought. He's caught him a lot more than what I've seen. I'm going to disagree just because I thought Eurokas Gamboa, it was harder for him yeah, to figure out yeah, yeah. than uh, Felix Diaz, but... He respected Diaz's power a lot more than Crawford, obviously. I'm, I'm sorry, than uh, than uh, Gamboa. But Terrence Crawford can take a punch, man. Oh. A few times where he got see the, the, and he was just like I'm gonna teach you something real quick. So Terrence Crawford is 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 one of the best I've seen since Mayweather. And there's a lot of other fighters out there. Sugar Ray was one of them. Um, Leonard that can roll with the punches. Yeah. Because they see it coming and they know you can't put your head back completely to avoid it. Mm-hmm. So you're just gonna go with it. You're gonna go with it. You're just gonna go with it. Just like halfway through, halfway Kobe, through Kobe Bryant's pickup line. Just go with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> halfway through this fight, I went from taking notes on the fight to writing down all the ways that you can beat Terrence Crawford. And how, how do you beat him? Like it was an empty notepad. No, it wasn't an empty notepad. How are you gonna beat Terrence no, Crawford? No, this is this is. You know, you know, oh yeah, 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 there we go. Switchblade. Gun. Look. Oh no. That, Seven I, of us. Look, look, listen. Distract him with beauty. This is that I didn't I tell you you should have poisoned him. <laughs> what did you What did you tell? I me? left that one out. My bad. Left, my bad. My yes, bad. Yeah, no, my bad, I told bad. you last episode. Yeah, that kill. You should, that, how can he beat him if he has a chance? And I told you poison. Poison. He didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And what happened? <laughs> This corner, this corner, corner. <laughs> like, that's enough, man. And and they even they call it probably a, a round too late. Probably so, a round too late. Terrence Crawford is one of those. Um, we went over this with a uh, with the homie we interviewed. Uh, but to talk about how he's computer. Zach uh, Zach Cooper. Yeah, mm-hmm. we went we went over this in how they're a computer and how they analyze and they take everything that you do and then they remember it and then they use that again they use that against you mm-hmm. so one of the things that i um basketball has always been my first love it's always been the one thing that comes easy to me and the one thing when i go out there and i show when i when i used to go out there and i used to show kids like here and there i always referred to teaching them or whenever you play anybody you're like a plumber mm-hmm. you're like a plumber so you want them to bend over and show us a little bit of crack i want them to lay pipe no. Well, no, nah, I have no idea what you're talking no, no, about. I'm joking, I'm joking. What is it? I'm joking, no. So, look, look, your different job, your different job is going to require different tools. You don't take all the tools out of the toolbox. You take the tools that you need to get the job done, right? So you don't just whip it out. No, you don't just whip it out. Okay. You don't pull everything out. So, what me saying that is, if, Joe, if Felix Diaz goes at him with his whole game plan, and Terrence Crawford takes a few rounds to figure out what that whole game plan is, it's out the window if you know <laughs> once everything. He, once, once he, he figures, figures it out, it's a wrap, bro. Once he figures it out, I wish... I'm glad that they can't do this because 
it, it would make it would definitely kill the sport of boxing if you just like look <laughs> just walk over to the court and be like look I, I figured it out now this is your chance to walk away you're not going to outbox Terrence Crawford you're not you going to, to do it you have to take chances the, 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 this, look, or you're going to have to outwill this so man check, so check this out you're, you're not going to outwill him you're going to have to come in overweight yeah 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 I got you guys listen he's he's smart he can take a punch he's a counter puncher and he has power so look I love how Max Kellerman talks about how T-Bud he's one of the nicest dudes outside the ring but he gets mean inside the ring I love that too and you see he's vicious bro he he knocked on his forehead yeah he, he was, he was really hello insulting. he's like yeah, that's the reason why I like him. is anybody there yeah he he, he was clowning it's like some of my jokes I'm like is this thing on I know you can hear me no 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 how about Terrence Crawford going southpaw the whole fight because Felix Diaz is southpaw? And just, show, that, show that I'm better than you that's, in, that's your in your own thing. stance. In, in, in the, you had a gold medal from this, right? You, you only Dominican from the, uh, to get a gold medal at all? And you, you've been fighting a southpaw your whole life, correct? Yeah. So, check this out. so, so. what I'm going to do to you is I'm going to come out in the same stance that you use, even though I'm naturally right-handed, and then I'm going to not just beat you, but beat you down. Now listen, now, can, now can I get a couple of minutes? I'll get a couple of minutes. I'm gonna, well, not even a couple of minutes. Just you want me to leave the room? Just try hard to not interrupt me while I talk. No promises. So you asked me, what are you gonna use to actually beat Terrence Crawford? I'm gonna give it to you. So one, Cyanide. So Terrence Crawford's 30 and over 21 knockouts, so it shows that he has power. He can knock you out if he wants to. Felix Diaz lost to a TKO, his corner called it, right? So a knockout's a knockout regardless, right? You have to take more chances. You're gonna get knocked out, get knocked out, die on your shield. But well, hold on, I got a couple things. You need to be reckless with a plan. You can't go in there. John Molina tried that. You, what happened? He got knocked out. What's the difference? Felix Diaz got knocked out. Yeah, he showed a little bit more respect. A, a, yeah, yeah. KO and a TKO is the same, same thing. thing. It's the same exact thing. So you need to have controlled chaos. You need to be the first throw. Mm. You have to die on your shield. Look, look. Gotta be a gladiator. I only think you can beat Terrence Crawford in the first six rounds. The longer the the longer the fight goes on, the less it's in your favor because there's mm -hmm. just more game plan that he's gonna have on you and he's gonna wear you down. You he's might have figured this out exactly. But that's the, is, the, the smartest is, thing you've is, ever said about boxing. <laughs> look, 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 you're going and then the poison. Cyanide, the, the, gotcha. The, the, the poison, though. Sorry. Ayo, Felix Diaz swelled a lot within the first three rounds. Black Provodnikov, or Dominican Provodnikov. <laughs> Have you on a... Yeah. So, so, like... Yeah. Like, it's... There's nothing. You have to go out there and take your chances, man, real early because the longer the fight goes on, so it's not going to lose. For any future fighters that if you listen to and you want to battle Terrence Crawford, show respect to the man. Don't talk smack because he's going to toy with you. He's going to toy with you regardless. He'll either, he'll either you beat you for 12 rounds on purpose or... You have to take him out. You have to take him out and you have to take him out early. Exactly. Now, did you get the link I set you on anyway versus you know what? Ricardo Rodriguez? And you know what's funny is I looked at it like 15 different times, but it was all when I was busy, so I never got a chance to knock out. But you said... Chocolatito cannot said, beat this boy. You said Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez cannot beat Nioa Eno. Now, Chocolatito needs to avenge his last loss to Cern uh, Visai. Now, Cern Visai... I've never seen nobody this small, this heavy-handed, bro. Like, watching Ricardo Rodriguez get beat down by anyway, I felt every single punch this man threw. Now, I want to give it up to the Japanese, because every commercial between rounds was some, some kind of drink, an energy drink, or one was a beer commercial for sure. And even the video clip I saw that was 30 minutes long, 15 minutes of it was a pro-owing commercial. Leading up to the fight. Leading up to it. And I thought it was hilarious. 
and the whole thing was in Japanese, but this boy is bad. Now, when they talk about boxing fans and, and enthusiasts, experts, however you want to put it, salivating at the mouth for a fight with Chocolatito, it's because I bet most of them believe that Chocolatito will lose. The only variable is going to be the level of, of opposition they face. Chocolatito destroyed the ranks. He still had a problem with Carlos Quadras, too, and we wanted a rematch between that also. And, and the biggest factor is there's two. The level of class that Chocolatito walked through the ranks for. He's moving up the way like Lomachenko is because he's bored. It's like your genius in the classroom who everybody thinks is dumb, who's smarter than everybody else because he's bored with the curriculum. Same thing with Chocolatito. Now, anyway, is a natural 120, I'm sorry, 118 pound fighter. He walks, they're fighting, uh, he's fighting at 118, 115 right now. And who could probably move up if he needed to to 126, maybe fight as big as 130? But being Japanese, you know, they don't bulk up as big as some. Not naturally. Like, there isn't a Mexican chick out there who, whose hips don't expand. It's just, it's just what it is. But, this, <laughs> I'm sorry. But anyways, anyway, the power behind it is it's the, he's heavy-handed and he has great form. So, Chocolatito, avenge a loss. And I, I would retire. I would I would advise against it, but I want an action-packed bout, so I hope they make it. Did you just tell them to take the coward way out and retire? No. I said, avenge your loss and go out on top. You said you called him a coward, not me. Well, no, because you're saying, why would you want to duck uh, uh, like if you're way past your prime like Pacquiao and he doesn't want to fight Terrence Crawford or something like that? It's understandable. Understandable. He's saying the money's got to be worth it. You still got to, even though I don't even think the money's worth that, that headache because I think Terrence Crawford will beat the brakes. I'll, I'll take the money. <laughs> uh, yeah. I won't go I won't go 10, 12 rounds or like Pacquiao. I'll be probably out in first three at least because I could run for at least I, I could run for six minutes I can, <laughs> you know what I'm no, you can. I can no, you can. as soon as that punch hit me my leg went up and just woo started getting on the bike oh, like Martin I mean, like Martin, I mean, Martin Lawrence when he was a boxer you know what I'm saying I don't think you could jump rope for 30 seconds sir. I could jump rope for 30 seconds bro I could jump rope we need you to lace up one day watch <laughs> lace up what our sneak our sneak <laughs> I knew you were going there yeah yeah you say stick to stick to the town, stick to the looks here, buddy. Hey, but anyway, I hope they make this fight next. It's gonna be hard because Chocolatito just coming off the loss. Now we got a couple pickups this weekend: Derek Chisora versus Robert Hellenius in their rematch. Um, if you don't know who these guys are, look them up. They're two heavyweights. Robert Hellenius, Hellenius, his nickname is the Viking. He's your. Uh, he looks like some kind of biker dude from Sons of Anarchy. Just imagine a Nordic. Uh, Derek Chisora, if you don't know who he is, he's always he's always entertaining. He's always bringing this. He had fight of the year last year, I believe, with uh, James Dillon. Then we had George Groves fight on the it card. Was a fight of the year, but it was a really good fight between him and Dillon White. Now, the main event is Kel Brook versus Errol Spence. We've been waiting for this for a while. We have been waiting, and it came up quick. That just lets you know how good this year has been. <laughs> Very good. And, and so, um, oh, but... Now I've always asked you a, a lot of a lot about this one, just because is there any way we don't think Errol Spence? Is there anyone who doesn't think he's gonna he's gonna lose? Right? As we get closer close to this fight, I don't know if I'm as confident in saying that as I was before. Now I think our opinions have changed a couple of times during this because I think when at first the fight first got announced today, both if you today is what uh, the 24th, if you're listening to this, it's gonna be on the 25th. But 148 pounds is what Kelbrook weighed at. Yeah. So that's one pound off. I thought that was yesterday. It was yesterday, it was it? Was yesterday when it happened. So that means he didn't struggle at all to make weight. No. Females beg for this guy's body, apparently. But 
not the way you think, but you know. Go on some of this. I don't know. I don't know where, where it comes from. Come from what's, what? Satan, probably. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways, Kell Brook, Special K, horrible nickname, but he, he must be special because he's able to lose this way like he's Weapon X or something. He just, he just went. He just took a fight from middleweight too. Yeah, exactly. He went from one he, to he must be a gym rat. To, now, Al Heyman is super smart, so by having this Gervonta Davis fight card the week before, this means your fighter, Errol Spence, is already going to be there. So he's he's adapted to the climate change, he's adapted to the time change, and he's there and ready. And he was at the fight for Gervonta Davis, so he knows what the crowd's going to bring. But Kell Brook is something special as well. I really don't know if I can confidently say that Errol Spence is going to handle him. We first, when we first went into this, I think both of us had the consensus that Kell Brook was going to win, the because him coming off, and I think Kell Brook is really confident because coming off of him, he's got that smirk. Well, coming, he's got that same smirk Crusher couple have had. Like we. I fought in pound for pound one of the best in the world literally off my last fight at a heavier weight class when I should I fought the one man that literally nobody else in boxing wants to fight and then so I think that's going to give him the confidence and he's coming down 13 pounds what can this what can this kid I think coming down in weight could be his biggest weakness because being the ability to take the punch can be it's lost it it's is a pick, it's really a pick and fight but if you're picking who you going with I'm gonna go with Kell Brook. I think I think hometown. I'm giving him home field advantage. I think he's gonna tie up Errol Spence a lot. I think it's gonna be a close, close fight. And I, I think I think he's gonna win by decision. I think it may even be a controversial decision. And Errol Spence will go up five notches if he knocks out Kell Brook in England, which he's capable of doing. It wouldn't shock me. But I'm gonna go with Kell Brook because he's a smarter fighter than everybody thinks. He handled Triple G. If he was, if he didn't get his orbital bone broken, because his corner had to stop the fight with Triple G because he would have let that man continue and probably died in the ring. But I don't care what Triple G says. You got bloodied up, bro. His power hurts you. And after hurting a, a much bigger man like Triple G, I, I I I feel like Errol Spence is not just doesn't phase this boy at all, at all, at at all. But we're going to see what the truth is. We are going to see the truth. I'm taking Errol Spence, man. Kind of a gut feeling. And, and that's just... Really it's racist, whatever. Like, I, no, it's... No, I'll Boy, tell you if it, Kell Brook's got a little bit in there. He's done the for sure. I'll tell you if I'm for the black guy just to go for the black guy. Yeah, okay, I'm right, doing, right, but no, I, it's a gut. It's a gut instinct. I do not know why. I just think Earl Spence can do it, man. I have no, I have nothing to really base it on. We know what kind of fighter both of these guys are. Mm -hmm. I have no real analytical stuff to really back that off of. I just feel something about Earl Spence that he's really on a mission. And if they're fighting at the welterweight division, Earl Spence knows that he's going to have to take out Kell Brook to start getting to this money. Errol Spence, his he, he's going to get more fights in the future regardless. Kell Brook, he's going to clean up 154 pounds, especially even if he loses if he loses this fight, especially I think. Um, but we just came off the biggest number wise the amount of fights I've seen scheduled in a weekend. It, between both my jobs, it took me three, four days to watch all. Of them. I had to I, I I watched some of these fights in the late night. I had to put 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 my kid to bed, watch it. You know how hard it is not to get faded throughout the day so I could stay up later to watch the fight. No, I understand. But there was probably 20 fights scheduled, but this one fight to me feels bigger than that whole weekend. It could be. 
What do you think? Because I think with because with this fight, if Terence Crawford doesn't move up to welterweight, this fight can change the landscape of the history. Welter, the welterweight, the future of boxing. Yeah. Errol Spence is very marketable. Yeah. Kerr Brook is very marketable. But for America. USA. For, for the, US, the USA. USA. And I feel bad for picking Kerr Brook because of that. I feel like I'm I'm like unpatriotic. But Kerr Brook, uh, I don't know, man. Like, one thing about these Brits is that they definitely feel more ashamed to lose at home than we probably do. Yeah. Because they fill up stock soccer stadiums when they're out there. That and also, they're going to be drinking with most of those people after the fight. First is Errol Spence and them. And what are they going to do? They go back to the hotel. They're going to be. They're going to have the yes men around them, and they're going to be doing that instead of just hanging with your regular mans, with your peeps. Like that's what that's what uh, Ricky Hatton, the hitman, used to do. But Kelbrook versus Errol Spence. This is action packed bout. This is going to be bad. This is going to be good. This is going to be a brawl, and I think this is going to be very entertaining. So if anybody has nothing else to do on a Saturday. Today. I know we're gonna watch it and probably get paid watching it not for the reasons you think but that's what's gonna happen that's how it's gonna go down because this is the sweet science make sure you hit us up on facebook.com forward slash squared circle 101 make sure you give me props when I'm right and Kilbrook gets to win and retain his title if you don't like it send us some feedback on Twitter and talk a little smack say you suck you dope or even if it's just a yeah let me know and make sure you check in every single Thursday and download the app. Tell your friends and family about it. How are you feeling? What was the beginning message that we had today? Like a true gladiator. We're either going to win or we're going to die. There's only two options. Every gladiator ends with a record of one loss on it. Hopefully your record's not own one. Because that was a rough, rough career. That was a rough career. But this is the sweet science. Make sure you hit us up. Download the app. And I will check y'all next week. And it's okay to tell me I'm right sometimes. Just stop. Mm-hmm.